You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I just read, uh, while I was doing the post from the Sunrise Stroll and Chat, you know, there are some messages, really the only time I see some messages, and there was a story of an atheist, uh, who he was an ardent, militant atheist in the 1980s. I think his name is Colbert, it's in the Catholic News Agency. Don't, don't look for it now if you're a live streamer, <laughs> just be at mass. <laughs> but afterwards you can look, I think it is Catholic News Agency has a story, and I'm not sure if it was on the, on the Instagram or on the Facebook, maybe it's on both. And this guy was a militant atheist in the 80s and he absolutely made, he ridiculed the church and he's been ordained a deacon. And the point of his, uh, his conversion, uh, with a great arrogance he, he condemned the church and with the point of his conversion became with the wise virgin and her name is Teresa of Avila. And that's the second person I can remember right offhand who was converted by reading her writings. And the other person was Edith Stein. She her, began her path to discovering of Christianity uh, in, uh, by reading Teresa of Avila, and she was staying with, um, with friends in Freiburg. And it was amazing to, to notice how the, reading a good book is a very wise thing especially from the great recognized spiritual authors. And Teresa of Avila is one of the best. She's really one of the wise virgins. And the church is filled with wise virgins. And this guy couldn't get over that at the time of the, ex- the Inquisition in Spain, uh, back five centuries, four centuries, five centuries ago, this woman was so wise. He, he, he captured her wisdom. And he realized what she was saying was true. And in fact, I also read 
a similar account to somebody else who became Catholic and he discovered that everything that the church teaches fits together so well. And obviously, the church didn't make it up. And this is a wisdom, a fount of wisdom in our church. Even though the church will be ridiculed by society, there's a fount of wisdom. And where does that wisdom start? It starts in the scriptures in terms of written record. And to become familiar with the scriptures is really a start on the path of wisdom. And one thing is to be wise in the terms of knowledge, but actually wisdom is directed to action. And we talk about the wisdom of Solomon, but also the way Solomon lived led to the division of his kingdom. So did he live a wise way? He knew he was able to proclaim a lot of wisdom. And this is a real problem for us preachers and teachers of, and for parents. They can teach a lot of wisdom to their kids, but they might be messed up in their own lives. They love their kids, so they want them to know the, true, the truth of life. But they themselves might be doing very foolish things. I remember it was very hard for my parents when the news was breaking in the early 60s about the evils of smoking. And both of them were heavy smokers, both my mom and my dad. And they paid for it because both of them, I'm not sure it was directly linked, but both of them died from very severe cancers much later on. But at that time, I think also because of us, they decided to quit smoking. For my mother, it was a shorter, uh, more successful venture at the very beginning. For my dad, he switched from smoking cigarettes to smoking the pipe. That was safer or something. <laughs> and then he finally gave up the pipe as well. But, and he outlived my mother quite a while, uh, uh, five years, and even though he was nine years older. So wisdom is about a relationship between the present moment and the future, to do something wise, it's, I'm not just need to handle the life today, but I need to think where I'm going. If I want to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to drive south. That's wise. I'm going to check which of the two best routes is, has traffic on it. I'm, I'm thinking ahead. And if I don't look and check what's the situation, I'm not being wise. And it's really about governing our lives. Wisdom is, a, is, is very helpful there. And for the believer, wisdom is changed very much because it's about listening to the Holy Spirit. That's the core of wisdom. And that's realizing that we don't make the world and we don't even make our own lives. We have a major role like the virgins, the foolish and the wise virgins. Some did the right things, they were making their own lives. But actually the gift of wisdom comes from listening to the word of God. And the perspective here of both the first and second, the gospel reading and the second reading is about the future life is more important than this life because it's eternal. This life is going very fast. It's like the training for the real life. Here we have a very limited life, not just in time, but also very limited and curtailed because of the history of the sin of mankind. Our mind is dulled, it's hazy, it's blurred. We don't have our act together. And it's wise to learn how to do that. And the word, the model of wisdom is also used a lot by Jesus. He has the, the builder who's going to build a house. Well, plan first of all and get your stuff together to build and don't start digging a hole and now you have nothing to build the rest with and you don't have money and you don't have resources. Foolish, you see, wise and foolish are the guy that's going into battle. Even Jesus used this war example and he goes, he doesn't prepare. He's going to be wiped out. And so what we do today is a preparation for tomorrow. 
And the big tomorrow is eternal life. And actually, St. Teresa of Avila has a very important line about that. She says, the one that concerns themselves about that and focuses their life on eternal life are the wise ones. And if you don't do that, especially if you have the knowledge of the faith, like Solomon had, you're foolish. You could be very wise in terms of what you say, but you could be very foolish in the way you live. And that's a real pity. Because that foolish people do the wrong things, okay. But that people who know what's right and wise do the wrong things, it's very, very unwise. Really. It's a pity. It's really tragic. So there are lots of other themes here in the scriptures. One of the most beautiful words that I found um, here at home on the farm, we had a yard in front of the farm that was connecting to the barn, a little flower garden my mother had, and then a little pathway up and the main gate going into the lawn. And we had, for most of our activity, we used that gate. And so look, look at this image here. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed. So that means the person who watches for wisdom at dawn is up early. And since the beginning of the day, they're looking for wisdom. They're looking for wisdom. But what happens? Wisdom is already sitting at the gate. So I just step outside my house, walk 15 yards, and there's wisdom for me. And that's because God is looking for me. Wisdom is looking for me. And that's what goes on to say. And it says, <clears throat> she makes her own rounds seeking those who are worthy of her. This is beautiful because it means that wisdom actually in the whole scriptural process is understood to be a person. And the fathers of the church, and actually even in St. John's Gospel, it's very clear, the word became flesh, the word through which everything was created. This is the logos, the ultimate wisdom of God in the creation of all of reality, the reflection of his very self. This is the ultimate wisdom. And this wisdom also followed a path that's astounding for us. And this wisdom is looking for us. God is looking for us everywhere in the Bible. I just heard a beautiful commentary of Bishop Barn about today's gospel. And he, uh, it's the one that's published on Word on Fire this morning. And it is very powerfully articulating how in all of our spiritual life, God is the author of all the grace. God is the one who sanctifies us. Wisdom is waiting at the gate for me to come out in the morning. That I walk with wisdom. Wisdom is the word incarnate through which I was created. Wisdom is the word of God incarnate who died crucified. And so the wisdom of following Christ is counter to the wisdom of the selfishness, the broken selfishness of humanity. So we have so many thoughts we could go further. Maybe that's enough. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. That's our Psalm 63. But actually God's soul, God's God, God is thirsting for us. He's out sitting at the gate, waiting for me to come out, waiting for my first moment of consciousness to come out of my slumber. And he's waiting to bless me with his grace so that I can become that person for eternal glory. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.